Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. Kevin, so what did we just watch? We just watched the uh, revival reboot of Law and Order, the first episode, which was Law and Order season twenty-one, episode one, the right thing, which aired on February twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-two. And I would say this was actually the wrong thing. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah, this sucked, guys. We were so excited for the revival. Well, that's a little bit of our... We were. 
we were uh, we were intrigued. Shut. We were intrigued by the revival. Well, that, that makes it sound like we're having like little Law and Order theme parties to celebrate. That we're calling our friends. That we had little Law and Order calendars counting down the days. We weren't excited. I think that we makes, led our lives. I think that says a lot about your mind. But I would say that in general, you and I, we watched uh, season twenty of Law and Order, the previously the last season before it ended, and. We were pleasantly surprised when you say it's season 20 of Law and Order and Van Buren has this cancer scare and they're they're kind of on their last legs. You're thinking, okay, it's pretty bad. And listen, some episodes were, but some episodes were actually not so bad. They were they were all right. You know, you I mean, you, they were enjoyable. There was more than one episode that made you stand up and cheer and say, Kevin, this is television. And I know that you were uh, typing out some great Law & Order Season 20 fanfic as a result of your inspiration from from those shows. They made, in Season 20, I, I know no one cares, and I barely care myself, but they made a major plot point out of the two lead detectives shaving. Like, one day... <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> one day Van Buren comes in and says, but you know what, boys? You should shave. And they say, oh, darn it. And then they shave. I I thought those two detectives, at first I was like, these guys are clowns. And I was like, the DA's office is good. And then by the end, I was like, the DA's office are clowns and the detectives are good. So I, I don't know. Uh, make of that what you will. But I, I, I legitimately thought the detective side was stronger than you'd think. They, they had some fun episodes. They did some dumb shit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's Law & Order, right? And it's, it's Law & Order is season 20. So let's be clear. We did watch season 20, but it's not like we watched season 20 in preparation for watching no, season 20. No, no. We just happened we to watch it. We watched this like, like six, seven months but ago. But when I saw that Anthony Anderson was coming back to reprise you know, his role as Detective uh, Kevin, Kevin Bernard... Then I, I, I was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, I kind of liked his vibe with Detective Lupo. Uh, Lupo's not going to be in it, but you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see Detective Kevin come back. And instead, I just was felt, I felt sorry for everyone involved. <laughs> so, um, woof, guys. Okay. So this, we, woof, you, you, yeah, woof, wolf. Uh, we, if you've listened to our past episodes on Law and Order, you'll know that we, have a pretty low opinion of SVU in general in terms of just being shit writing. But this made SVU look like, I mean, consistent. And it's a very inconsistent show. It made it look consistent and coherent. This really felt in some ways much more like just a reheated SVU plot where they're like, hey, let's do a riff on the Bill Cosby thing. And but instead of using it for SVU, they're like, ah, I get, uh, I'm, uh, we have to do a season premiere for Law and Order now, so let's just pop it in there, have the guy get murdered. So basically, this this episode is what would happen if Bill Cosby got murdered after being released from prison on a technicality. Yes. So already starting like somewhat offensive, given how ripped from the headlines that feels, but. It's going to get worse because they didn't even do it any justice. Um, we have Kevin Bernard returning as the sort of the senior detective and his junior partner is some. Tell us about his junior partner. Yeah. It's some white dude named Frank. I don't even remember his last name. He, this guy sucks. I mean, this guy, this guy sucks. Uh, he's 
he basically serves as the show's mouthpiece for like pissed off white people who thinks the woke who think the wokes have gone too far. And I feel like the show's kind of like, you know, maybe he has a point. <laughs> All he does is yell at everybody. He has no personality beyond that. Which is funny because I remember Kevin Bernard was like so, kind of oftentimes the more conservative one in the previous season. He'd be like, well, you know, abortion is kind of, uh, you know, bad. And, but like in this one, he's the liberal guy who's like, maybe we shouldn't be rude to black people. And his white partner is like, back in the day, cops could be rude to black people. No one was shoving phones in their faces. And it's like, what am I watching? What the fuck is this? I, I mean, like, in, in, I mean, what happened to, I mean, we watched a couple of episodes of season five that, have, of course, had Lenny Briscoe and, and uh, what was his young, the younger Benjamin Bratt's name? Benjamin Bratt. Whatever. Ray the, Curtis. Ray Curtis. And like that was, you know, it was like, oh, I'm an old guy. Oh, I'm a young guy. We don't always get along, blah, blah, blah. And it, but it was like, you know, they weren't like making a big deal of it constantly. It wasn't like this. This is just like, I mean, talk about. I mean, talk about just being so obvious, embarrassingly so. And this guy's yelling, oh, they're trying to defund us. All this talk. I mean, Jack McCoy, who's like in previous seasons is like kind of like the who devil may care guy. Now he's the DA and he's like, we don't want to castrate the police. And it's like, what? What am I? What, what is this? And it, what, I think Law and Order is and at its people- weakest when it tries to make some big ass political point that it like barely seems to understand. And, and the people who are seen to take more liberal point of views in the public are made in this episode to look like idiots. Screaming banshees yelling about rape in the streets. That's what that's what anti-rape activists are made to look like. Like it's not it's not subtle what side the show is taking in terms of you know, crime is bad, yes, but people who don't like rape are even worse. <laughs> like, they're they're screaming and running around and supporting murderers. I mean, uh, I don't... <sighs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty abysmal, actually. Um, and also, uh, when we talk about the portrayal of women on the show, it brings back mm. uh, a female ADA from the past just basically to shit on her. Yeah, Jamie Ross from Past Seasons who, you know, in 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 the past was like this tough former defense attorney who switched sides because she helped um get a you know, awful serial killer kind of guy acquitted and sort of felt bad for it. And she's kind of like this tough working woman who's like balancing motherhood and and working and and you know, like you kind of like you like her. She's cool. And sometimes she classes she yeah, she actually clashes with Jack more so than, you know, you know, like she'd kind of give it back to him. But in this, of course, she's the DA who she's the ADA who fucked up the original Cosby case and did something so that he was able to get out on a technicality later on. And she's just racked with guilt about it. And she uh, essentially helps the um, woman who killed Bill Cosby, one of his rape victims, uh, get away with murder and takes the fifth on the stand and she and Jack don't even interact, which I thought was an odd choice. They don't even interact at all. Jack just sort of stares at her across the courtroom disapprovingly. And so it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I guess it, it was not, it was not an interest. I mean, every beat that you think they're going to hit, they hit. It was not an interesting story. It was not a well-told story. It 
all felt vaguely offensive and sort of like it felt to me like somebody was making a really bad parody of Law and Order, but like made it boring. <laughs> like no laughs, just just trying to take out the most base and stupid elements of the show and really sort of. I'm, I mean, I, I remember this was coming out and we were kind of like, OK, we're going to definitely catch it. And we missed it. But like there was no one talking about it on social media that I saw afterwards. There was no like reaction, which now now seems like that was an ominous sign. Yeah, we waited almost a week to watch this. We we felt disappointed that we forgot to watch it when it aired. And like but like no one was talking about it and like I feel I don't know. This is just this is just I mean, this is leftover SVU scripts. I mean, this is fucking sad. This is scripts that didn't make SVU. What we just saw, in my opinion. SVU, of course, doesn't have the legal element anymore. It's pretty much mostly on the cops, and then kind of they tack on the legal stuff at the end. Sometimes they don't even bother. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So Hugh Dancy is the new, like, head ADA. He's like really overacting. I, I'm not really familiar with his work, so I mean, I, I feel like I feel like so many people are overacting in this. That tells me it's a direction problem and a writing problem as opposed to necessarily an actor problem. There's always an attractive young female assistant, assistant and district attorney, and the the actress playing that role uh, is doing her best. She'll come strutting in. She talks really snappy and so well, you know this and you know this and you know this and no, I'm out of here. And she leaves. She seems to have a little bit of energy. I liked her. She had, she wasn't given a ton to do, but she like, you could almost see her being an attorney, like an attractive, nice attorney who's smart. Like she gave off that energy. Everyone else was just like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, just screaming and yelling and uh, acting in the most broad way possible. I mean, wait, when Hugh Dancy and the defense attorney were like yelling at each other in the, in the judge's office, I... Like, that often happens. That's a scene we've seen so many times in Law & Order history. But for some reason, it just seemed so phony that I was, like, completely taken out of suspension of disbelief. And I was just sitting there thinking, actual attorneys would not speak like that to one another in front of a judge or to the judge or act like this. This is just insane. 
And again, we've seen versions of this again and again, but this was so wooden and so clunky that I just like, I came out and was like, well, I'm just watching people yell on a, on a TV set. And this is just, I can't get into this story at all. God. So basically this lady shoots Bill Cosby because she was one of his rape victims and she's mad. He got let out. They figure it out and they convict her and she gets sent to jail. That's, that's the show. And if you're wondering, okay, where's the twist? Normally the twist is the thing I hate. Normally the twist is the thing I think makes it so, it'll be like, hey, what if it wasn't this obvious thing that actually mirrors real life crimes? What if it was this dumb bullshit that turns out to be some big conspiracy? And like it gives people the wrong impression on crimes. But in this one, like it would have been nice to have something at the end because it was just like, okay, shrug. I mean. They just look sadly up at uh, the courthouse. I mean, Hugh Dancy is just kind of like, let's fry this bitch. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, they, like, he doesn't, like, there's no nuance or like, okay, well, maybe she was traumatized. Let's think about it from a, from a different, like a mental health perspective there. It feels very much, it feels like very much like a kind of a middle finger on, like, I would have, having them almost not address some of like the hot political issues right now almost might've been a better storytelling approach because I don't feel like they have the chops to pull off discussing serious issues. They have the chops to pull off a good procedural episode, but they don't seem to be able to get any of the nuance or like points around defund the police. I mean, when you have this mouthpiece, this like white dude ranting about, you know, it's terrible that people are allowed to film us, you know, abusing them nowadays it's just like what are we supposed to agree with him and then they have kevin bernard kind of being like well i don't know if i see it like that it's not like he's pushing back hard or yelling at him or anything they're just kind of like well i don't know like (laughs) good god so there's this superboy story that a lot of people don't talk about and like to pretend didn't exist where superboy is flying out in space and he comes be, uh, across a sealed uh, capsule in which are his mother and father from Krypton alive, but in suspended animation. And he's thought all these years that his parents were killed in the explosion of Krypton. So he's excited because he's now I can revive them and get to know my parents. And what a grand thing that will be. But there's like a note attached to this capsule which says well darn the luck the the notice from uh, superboy's parents and it says shortly before the explosion of krypton we were exposed to kryptonite somehow and so if you revive us we'll die a slow and painful death so the charitable thing to do is just leave us in suspended animation and superboy says sure and flies off and so i think that dick wolf should have done what superboy did yeah. Just leave this show in suspended animation. Instead, he revived it selfishly, and now we all get to see it die a slow and agonizing death. But what I want to ask you, well let's said. say there's an alternate reality where Dick Wolf hires you. Uh-oh. Anya Kane. Anya Wolf. You're not going to marry him. You're married to me. I'm the wolf now. You can be Kevin Wolf. <laughs> I'm not going to marry him. You're still Anya Kane, and you're still married to me. Mm-hmm. You, you've just gone crazy here. He hires you. He says, but you're you going to stay married to Kevin. 
But even though you're married to Kevin, you're going to run season 21 of Law & Order. Tell me who you cast. Tell me how you do it. Tell me how you do the stories. Tell me how you do it better. It's like I don't even care enough to really have a dream cast in my head. I, I'll, I'll tell you... I'll tell you... I'll tell you how I do the stories. And here, here's how I approach the writer's room. Okay? I, I got my big cigar. <laughs> I'm all I'm all agitated. And I'm like, write down because I mean Law and Order always does issue stories. Right? I mean that, that they that's what they've always done. They've done ripped from the headline stuff and issue stories. And I'd be like, write down some of the headlines, write down some of the issue stories. And then let's take the headlines and let's jumble some of them up. <laughs> so they're a little bit more tasteful, right? Maybe we take part Cosby, part something else, right? What, what would you combine with Cosby? I'm not going to even speculate because we don't really talk about crimes on this show, typically. Okay. But but I'm gonna we're going to mix them up so they're a little more tasteful. So they're right from the headlines, but they're like then blended. And because I, I think there's something very tasteless about this. And there always has been, but it's even more glaring nowadays when they're trying to also try to try to try to be woke almost, but they're also trying to be like, Fuck wokeness. So, I mean, like, they're trying to do it too many things. And then with the issues, I'm going to say, great. These are some issues we can tackle. But we're going to make it fucking subtle. And we're going to, like, write these characters. If we're going to bring back Kevin Bernard, we're going to think about where this person would be right now in his career and what kind of things he would be doing and how is he different from the younger version of himself we saw back then. Frankly, instead of bringing some like asshole newcomer to just yell at everybody, I would try to look back and see if any other old OGs were available, even if they weren't on it for a long time. And, and you know, something like that. I mean, something like that. So because then and if not that, then I would pair Kevin Bernard with a probably either a, like a younger person who, who's either female or, God forbid, get some LGBTQ person in there. Something. You know, just something different. Like, why does he have to have, like, this old white guy partner who's just yelling about everything? And if someone was like, no, that guy is the network executive's son. We have to have him in. I would say, all right, well, let, let's... You don't need to write him to be an asshole. Because that's just not terribly fun to watch in this case. Maybe he, Maybe he's learning some things or he's doing some things wrong. And, you know grows over time but having him be kind of quote-unquote right in this episode just feels insulting to everyone's intelligence and feels like just some reactionary bullshit so i think in general it would be fun to see a, a 2022 law and order in theory but um like they needed to tone this down like five so you have kevin bernard being lenny briscoe yeah what if you have Kevin Bernard being uh, Captain Kragen? Sure, yeah, I I might bring Kevin Bernard in as the as the Van Buren Kragen character. I don't know who this lady is. She just seemed to serve to, to agree with the white dude on everything and kind of just give exposition, make him that, and then you know have have a you, we could get creative here, you know. Hey, get, get Munch back in there. Maybe give him the 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 Kragen position, and then Kevin's the Lenny Briscoe. And he's already retired. Oh, get I, with the times. Well, maybe they bring him back because they're desperate. You're the only one we can trust. But anyways, get I get over your munch obsession. I'm just saying, you know, he kind of got for, for you know, kind of pushed off that show randomly. 
Um, you still hold a grudge about it. Well, I'm just like, you never complained once about SVU until they got rid of Munch. That's not true. You said Kevin this is the best show on television. SVU was like good for five minutes, and and she's been a decaying star ever since. Just just gonna turn into a black hole eventually. Suck suck all of us in. Um, so is there a crime show you actually like? I mean, I just think Law and Order in general. I mean, this was embarrassing. Law and Order at its best is like that was a satisfying, fun procedural. You know, they solved it. Like they kind of hit all. It was exciting. I didn't know what was going to happen, and then it had like it all came together. And that often, it often becomes very insulting when they try to tackle issues in ways that don't a don't match the real world issues, and b are not satisfying in terms of storytelling. It it sort of all falls apart. I th- I think nowadays, if a person has uh, an itch for a rip from the headlines, true crime type of story, you know, just get uh, Discovery Plus and you can stream a true crime show. And even the documentaries on there about real cases would offer more subtlety and more nuances than something like this. I agree. What would you want to see in like, if you, if Dick Wolf came to you after this episode came out and be like, Kevin, the ratings are a disaster. I want you to become Kevin Wolf. And Divorce fix, Anya. And fix this. Divorce Anya. Reassess your own personal no, just sexuality. Once you, once you... And then marry me. It's not about marriage. It's about becoming the wolf. The wolf is the man who or woman who runs law So I'm order. doing some sort of sex game with Dick No, wolf. it's not a sex game. Is it like game. cosplay where I dress up as a wolf and say, I'm the wolf now, Dick? Is that what you're positive? You obviously thought a lot about this instead of your reboot ideas. <laughs> But go ahead and share the reboot ideas. I think we can both agree that probably it should just be left dead. I I, I appreciated and respected your Superboy metaphor, and I thought it was very apt. But like, if you for, love it when I talk about Superboy, but yeah, it's great. But if 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 for some reason we had to do this, you know, what do we do? Uh, I think. Stick to the original format, which was more about the cases than the characters. With the original format, you did not know much about the characters at first. You gradually, over the course of episodes, there'd be a line here or a line there, and you'd begin to figure them out. This one was like the pilot of a TV show where they wanted to give each new character a scene so you could figure get an idea of their personality and that didn't work and it was abysmal uh also keep in mind that you can't really cover the racial issues and stuff associated with the police in any kind of a competent way in 42 minutes and also maybe get actors who are used to saying police procedural dialogue in a believable way the, the woman who was the lieutenant on this show, whenever she had to say, well, why don't you, when she had, if she had to say any police procedural talk, it sounded like she was awkwardly reading a script. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think you really hit something. We watch these shows because the jobs and the cases are interesting. We want to see what it would be like to like be on the inside in some sort of like case. And 
what these shows mistakenly think is that we're like just like oh my god like what's jack who's jack mccoy having sex with her like what who what are these people doing oh was was ben uh stones was he a mean dad to his son no no one gives a shit we just want to go to work with these people and then leave i mean like these are not this is not like fascinating character studies the best work these actors are able to do is when they're given some subtle material that they can bring their own personality and spin to. That's that that you're doing. They all think, oh, no, I need the big Emmy episode where I can cry or some shit. But just, I mean, the actual good work that people appreciate is the subtlety. And the nuance and what I think they should have done would be to if they wanted, you know, like, listen, you could say all this is propaganda and sure. Yes. But if they're. <laughs> But, I mean, at this point, it's just not even fucking entertaining. If, if they could, if they wanted to do this right, they should have gone, specifically, I'm thinking at this point, to the DA's office. Or, like, talk to ex-DA's and talk to ex-public defenders and been like, what what do all these kinds of shows get wrong? And take take that into account. and And try to maybe be a little bit more realistic. And find creative ways to make the realism entertaining. Because at this point, the, the non-realism and all the bullshit is, is just fucking boring. This fucking... Ugh. So let's say, hypothetically, Dick Wolf has lured me out of our marriage. And I've married him. And you file a massive civil suit against NBC and Dick Wolf Entertainment... And they offer you a settlement which you accept where you will get to pick out any show in television history, any crime show in television history, and reboot it. So which crime show from the past do you think would most work in 2022? And how would you do it? Every time you ask me one of these questions, I want to kill you because I can't. then I just blank out on it. Like, what? I can't even think of a single crime show. Um... So, like, are you talking about specifically police procedurals or anything? Any anything? I don't know. I would love to see another show rise up that's sort of like, let's get a actor that everybody loves and have them solve mysteries. I mean, you know, that's just that's a good formula. That's a good formula. I mean, like Columbo or you know, I love Murder She Wrote, I Magnum PI. I love uh, an over the top character. In a very realistic world. So I'd love to see something like Kojak. Love Kojak. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Do like a Ko don't call it Kojak. Like we don't need the Kojak mythos or some bullshit about oh, here's Kojak's origin stories. Just like do a Kojak style show with some actor that everybody loves that's just chewing the scenery and going nuts in a fun way. And but everything around him is realistic. Everything everything around him is pretty realistic. And dark. Because then it's fun and entertaining because the character's fun and entertaining. But it's not like t treating crime like LOL, you know, look at this serial killer doing stuff. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and like all this, I mean, if you want us to care about the character, then make it an interesting character. Don't like, I mean, like, what, what, I, I don't. The only person who I felt like I actually liked in this episode was like the 
the woman ADA who did the closing argument at the end. And that was just because she, for some reason, she just seemed to me to be taking it a little bit more seriously than everyone else. It was like trying, bringing some energy, like, hey, we're going to do this case. And everyone else is just like overacting, chewing the scenery. I love the idea of Sam Watterson being in the DA seat because he was such a firecracker as an ADA. And now it's like, okay, well. He's not a firecracker anymore. No. And that kind of was sad. I mean, like, and like, I guess maybe that's realistic. Like, once you get the top spot, maybe you're kind of more like, uh, cautious and stuff. But nonetheless, it would have been nice to see more of the old McCoy or like, what would that guy look like in the DA? Like, what would he still be throwing any bombs, so to speak, in terms of how he does things in, instead of just making him kind of like, okay, no, this is the conservative, you know, DA guy typically. How, how would you, how would you describe how Sam Watterson looks in 2022? Be respectful. I hope he's okay. And you leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, I actually like the idea of having him be the DA. I think that's fun. Because like, we've seen this guy over all these years. We've seen him do all these different kind of crazy things. So what's this guy looking like as DA? I could almost imagine you doing kind of a maybe an, a hardcore, like maybe some of his past crazy decisions come back to bite him in the ass. Or I don't know. But I think that would take better writers than they have. All of this, this felt, it wasn't just enough to be, like, dumb. It felt like paint by the numbers dumb. It wasn't like they were swinging for the fences or anything here. Or trying anything new. Or trying, you know, try. it didn't feel like they were even really trying to recapture the magic. It was like, this is a script that we put together in two minutes. Let's go through it. It, d- it didn't even have anything interesting to say about mental health or, like, rape or, you know, pol- anything. It felt like an AI machine wrote an SVU episode, but then they put an S- a Law & Order twist on it. So, anything else to add, Kevin? No. Kevin Wolf? <laughs> I've left you. Kevin's joining the Wolf Pack. I was talking about it in a joking fashion to indicate that Dick Wolf's real last name wasn't Wolf, but it's like a title given to him. You talk about leaving me for Dick Wolf, for that that Dick Wolf style glamour. As I just explained. Those Dick Wolf style dramas and production budgets. (laughs) As I just explained, I I was making a humorous and fanciful joke about how leaving me about how we would be both become wolves if we were writing for like everybody who who runs the show has to be last named wolf makes no sense so we'd be anya and kevin wolf and lanny would be lanny wolf <laughs> we we walk in we walk in like with our little notebooks on the first day of, of the writing we're all so excited and we walk in. Lanny's there too. And we walk into the office, and standing on the desk is just a big gray wolf. And we're just like, "Oh, that—that's that, the that, dick wolf." That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> we all leave disgusted. Of course, Lanny would probably try to fight it. 
So I would say my five-star final is that the right thing starts off the Law & Order reboot on the wrong foot. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast.